Hello, and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. My name is Jens Nelson, and it is just me this morning. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. I thank you for joining me as we explore, discuss, and grow as followers of Christ. So on today's episode, uh, as I said before, I am it's, it's just me doing a solo episode. This is going to be brief. It's going to be a bonus episode. Um, but this morning, as I was sort of just contemplating the reality of things in this world, um, I, I was continually struck by the pervasive nature uh, of pornography in our world today. Um, it is estimated uh, that 93% of boys and 62% of girls younger than 18 years old have seen pornography. And as someone who used to be a youth pastor, pornography was something that I, I felt like I was constantly combating, whether it was talking about why we shouldn't consume it or um, helping students who were consuming it and who wanted to break that chain of, uh, of sin, that cycle of um, just never-ending submission to to lust, to desire, and it's it's so pervasive. It is it is everywhere. Our our culture clearly is a sexualized culture. We see it in our billboards, in our TV commercials, in our TV shows and movies, video games, and obviously on pornographic websites. Um, and so I thought it would be helpful to talk about five reasons that we as Christians must fight pornography. It's not enough just to hope it goes away, but why we must actively combat it. So here we go with uh, point number one. Pornography does not glorify God, nor does it honor him in our bodies. So one of the chief reasons that we as humans were created, we were created to be in intimate fellowship with God. Um, and if you are somebody who one day will get married, we were created to be in intimate fellowship with our spouse. And so uh, if we think about a passage like 1 Corinthians 10.31 that says, Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Um, it's, it's quite clear, quite obvious that we cannot glorify God uh, if we are consuming pornography. Um, this is something that um, is an obvious cause of lust. Um, we, we do not honor God in our body when we are um, using our body in that way, thinking about other people in that way. Um, and, and maybe this is one of the most obvious reasons we must fight it. And, and, and maybe you're thinking like, well, yeah, I know that like we're supposed to glorify God. I know that I'm not honoring God, um, but I still don't know how to fight this. I still don't know how to overcome this. And if I'm, if I'm being honest, um, this is a deeper battle, a, a wider battle, um, a very subtle battle because it's, it's so deceptive. It is so difficult to break these cycle, these cycles because we really do become addicted to pornography. It changes, it rewires our brain, the way that we think about other people, the way that we um, yearn and long for uh, what satisfies us. And so I, I just want to be upfront and say that this is going to be a hard battle if you are somebody who is deep in the trenches. Um, but I'm hoping that these these next couple of, uh, of reasons that we must fight pornography will be um, motivating to you to seek out counsel, to seek out a friend or a pastor to help hold you accountable. So the first one that it was that it does not glorify God. Uh, number two, number two, it trivializes God's good creation and makes it a cheap commodity. 
we think about the world, we think about humanity, humanity was created in the image of God with worth, with value and dignity, worthy of love and affection. And pornography trivializes that. It makes God's good creation a cheap and worthless commodity. If you think about pornography, especially violent, you know, graphic videos, um, oftentimes what you're seeing uh, might not be reality. I mean, it, it, it isn't reality, but even if you think that what you're observing is consensual, oftentimes it is not. People are being abused, being um, raped, being just mistreated in, in so many different ways. And so this this trivializes the, the image of God. And as, as people who are, one, image bearers, but, but two, who want to be good representatives of our king, good representatives of our savior. Um, when we when we trivialize uh, women and females or men, um, we we cheapen them, we make them worthless, and it's it's an it's a form of of anti love really. If 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 our if our charge as Christians is to love God and to love our neighbor, pornography ensures that we are doing neither. We are not loving God and we are not loving our neighbor. Number three, and this one's an, uh, maybe an interesting one, pornography takes away wonder. And the reason I say that might sound interesting is for some, um, perhaps pornography is a wonder. Per perhaps that was why you were drawn to it in the first place, to, to see something that you can't see every day, to experience something that perhaps you're not actually experiencing in real life. Um, but what, it, what pornography actually does is it takes away true wonder. And again, maybe this is related to point number two about um, trivializing God's good creation. When we think about what God had created, when we think about the purposes for which we were created to be in fellowship with him, to be in union with him, to be uh, one body together in the one holy Catholic apostolic church, uh, what, what pornography does is it takes away our true wonder for not just the world, uh, but for marital union. Uh, for those of us who who maybe aren't married, um, for those of you who who hope to one day be married, um, pornography is robbing you of the wonder that is to come in your marital union, um, because you're going to go into your marriage with with certain expectations about what maybe your spouse is supposed to do in bed. Uh, perhaps you're going to uh, have unrealistic expectations of what a woman or a male should look like, uh, because pornography is manufactured. They're trying to sell you an image. They're trying to sell you a product um, that you are going to um, be drawn to. And in reality, um, in the real world, many people do not fit that reality. Um, and so it's it's taking away your wonder. It's it's robbing you of, of future joy. Um, and truly, it's taking away something that God has given to husbands and to wives, and it, it is just wrecking relationships. And for, and for those of us who are already married, maybe you've brought pornography into your marriage, maybe it came um, because you and your wife or you and your spouse were having difficulty with intimacy, and so you're drawn to pornography because it's an easy, cheap thrill, um, it's still robbing you of the wonder that you ought to be enjoying with your spouse, the, the intimacy, the love, the affection, the true knowledge of one another. When you think about even biblically, when the Bible says like, 
you know, God knew his people or Adam knew his wife Eve. Um, it's not just a conceptual idea like, I oh, I know that they're five foot two and 110 pounds and they like pizza. No, we're talking about intimacy. When God knows his people, he knows their hearts, their wills, their affections. When Adam knew his wife, it's it's speaking in a, a truly a sexualized way. They were intimate with one another. And um, pornography robs us of that ability to to have wonder, to have joy, to enjoy one another. And number four is is related. It, it distorts sex, it distorts intimacy, and it distorts love. Uh, because what pornography does is it, it teaches us, it rewires our brain to think that we can have any number of uh, sexual partners. And obviously, if you know, if we're living in the world, if we're not Christians, like this might just be our reality, going from one one night stand to the next. But for the Christian. Uh, pornography distorts the reality that man and woman were made for a lifetime covenantal union. They were me- they were made to be man and wife to endure through all of life's difficulties, all of life's hardships. Uh, but pornography distorts that. It distorts the realities of what sex is meant to be, what intimacy is meant to be, what love truly is. As I said, pornography is a form of anti-love uh, because it, it robs people of, of agency. It robs people of dignity. And as, as point number five, when, when we get there, you'll see that this is, it truly does rob people of, of what is really a, a basic human right to be um, free, to have this, this value and dignity and worth. And, and reason number five, why we must fight pornography, why we must not consume it, is that it makes us complicit in human trafficking and human slavery. And this is perhaps one of the, the, the most difficult ones to hear, um, but it's the one that I think is most powerful in persuading us as to why we should not consume it and why we must fight it. Uh, because whether you realize it or not, pornography is intimately tied to human trafficking, to sex trafficking, to the exploitation of women, to children, even men. Uh, but even if you think that what you're watching is consensual, even if you think like, oh, this this studio made it and these people made it and they, you know, they're not involved in slavery, the reality is is you can never truly know. When you're watching a video, when you're looking at graphic pictures, what you, you just truly don't know what is actually taking place there. You don't know if those people are being um, held in bondage off camera. Um, but the reality is, is that these two things, human trafficking and the pornography industry are inextricably linked. They are one and the same. And so when we think about kids in other countries and in our country, um, being stolen, being sold into slavery, um, oftentimes becoming addicted to drugs and to alcohol, because that's one way that you can keep somebody from maybe escaping from realizing the state, uh, that their world is in. And so this is, this is the hardest one to hear and the hardest one that really we need to, to recognize because we become complicit in that. You know, when we think about, um, you know, in the, uh, in the world of other consumer products, when we think about, you know, clothes and food, um, you know, oftentimes there's this talk about being, you know, fair trade, about not having um, slave workers, you know, making our shirts or... Um, you know, not using slave labor for our coffee or, or whatever. Slave labor is something that we obviously want to combat as Christians. Um, but the problem is, is with pornography, when we consume it, when we take that product, 
we are furthering the demand. You know, so when we as Christians go onto that that website, we are saying that we want this. And because we want this, the, the people who make it need to keep making it so we can keep coming back for a new product, a new product, something to offer new thrills, new excitement. But what what is true is that we become complicit. We are part of that human trafficking. We are part of people being held in slavery, people being mistreated, abused, becoming addicted to drugs, taking their own lives. Um, it's really not that hard. I mean, you can just Google, um, you know, articles and blogs from from ex um, porn porn workers and you'll hear just the awful awful things that happen to them the the abuse the mistreatment both psychologically and physically um, it's it's truly a, a crime against humanity and so as as Christians we ought to be on the forefront we ought to be on the front lines fighting this not just in our society but within our own hearts because we know that it is pervasive we know that it is alluring but we know as christians that there is something better out there there is something worth waiting for um and as this world as this world is often very sacramental that's something that lucas and i have talked about quite a bit when we look out into the world we talk about how even marriage is a sacrament you know where, where paul says um you know he's talking about marriage he's talking about husbands and wives and he says that this um, you know, what I'm talking about is, is a mystery, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ in the church. So in some way, physical, tangible, human marriage is a mystery. And Paul says that when he talks about it in Ephesians 5, he's talking about the relationship of Christ in the church. And in much the same way, as I, as I said earlier, with, with, with how pornography takes away our wonder, we lose the enchantment that this world offers us. We, we lose the beauty the, the, the really the wonder again the wonder to keep using that word, um, that is out there and we we trade it for cheap thrills and we've quoted this before and it's I always forget the, um, the actual quote but C.S. Lewis said in one of his books that, um, you know we as as humans you know we're, we're people who want joy we're, we all want joy that's what we're seeking after when we seek after whatever it is whether it's pornography or um you know maybe drugs or even just um being liked it's it's for to have joy um and what we don't realize is that oftentimes we're more content to squabble in the mud like we want to play with mud pies because we don't know what it means that we have the offer of a holiday at the sea and what he means by that is we'd rather play in the mud than know our Lord and all that he is and all that he offers us. And so I, I, I close with this. Pornography truly is murder from the heart. Is this too strong to say this? Or must we use such language to wake us up from the slumbering injustice in which we live? Perhaps if our eyes were able to break through the smoggy haze of our pornified society, we would see the slow and steady hand of death at work all around us. Perhaps we would awake into the terror of those who once knew how holiness felt. Perhaps if we would recognize the desecration of the temple of the living God that we are all every day complicit in, we would pray to the same Lord of mercy. The reality is, is that reducing the human person to an instrument for our pleasure is to wish in our hearts that they simply did not exist as persons. If we believe that human beings can, you know, be replaced by sex bots and virtual reality pornography, what good are they? 
persons are independent centers of agency with their wills, their minds, their desires, their longing for love. They cannot be traded like baseball cards on the basis that one brings us more sexual pleasure than the other. To do so violates the nature of their humanity. So I'll say it again, pornography is murder from the heart. And the reality is, is that in in every age, in every culture, certain habits of sinful behavior are particularly common and overwhelmingly destructive. But in America today, one of the most soul-destroying habits is the consumption of pornography. If we truly love our neighbor, if we truly love our neighbor, especially children and the sexually exploited, we should stop making excuses and start making changes, start working towards banning pornography, start working towards eradicating it from our own lives. So I know that this is a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a heavy topic for some. It's a convicting topic. It's something that, um, you know, 93% of boys under the age of 18 and, you know, 62% of females under the age of 18. Um, this, is, this is a problem that is pervasive and real and prevalent. It's in our schools. It's in our churches. It's in our places of work. It is everywhere. And there's so much more that could be said here. Um, but I just wanted to offer five reasons that we as Christians ought to fight it, why we, why we should combat it in the world and in our hearts. So I thank you for listening to this episode, this bonus episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, please hit us up on Twitter at, at, uh, at Doxology Podcast or on Instagram at the same handle. Or you can email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love your feedback, your questions, your episode ideas. And you can also sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we'd love to hear, hear from you. Thank you and have a great day.